You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking New York Yankees baseball with MLB.com Yankees reporter Brian Hoke. And Brian, the hot stove is heating up and the Yankees wasted no time. A couple of trades really right out of the chute. So let's start with that, kind of catch people up on the trades and what it means for this Yankees team as we head forward towards the 2016 season. I think the, obviously the more interesting trade, they acquire Aaron Hicks for John Ryan Murphy. So basically trading from a place of strength where they have another catcher on the way up in Gary Sanchez. And they get Aaron Hicks, who really an intriguing player, I think. He can already do it defensively. We'll see about the offense. But where do you think Aaron Hicks fits into this Yankees team? Yeah, I think this is a lot of what Brian Cashman is trying to do. Uh, you see how they're committed financially around the board to a lot of different guys, and it doesn't look like they're going to be major players on the free agent market. So what they're doing is being creative on the trade front. And uh, Hicks is the latest example of that. He could serve a lot of different roles. I think right now on paper you look at him as the replacement for Chris Young. He's a switch hitter. He can hit left-handed pitching. He can fill that role pretty well. But Cashman said the Yankees see Hicks as an everyday player, and he might get that opportunity. It allows them to, to move Brett Gardner, and they can at least dangle him out there and see what he could bring back in trade. It should be a substantial return if they decide to move him. You could have Aaron Hicks. He would be your fourth outfielder, or he would be in starting in left field, and then you'd have Jacoby Ellsbury in center and Carlos Beltran in right. So basically this move gives the Yankees a lot of flexibility, and that's what Brian Cashman is trying to do. You mentioned possibly trading Gardner, and obviously there's there's plenty of rumors out there about that. Two questions on Gardner, I guess. One, what would they be looking to get in return? And and the other question, I think, is is it almost better to hang on to him just because you mentioned Carlos Beltran and Wright. We know how old Carlos Beltran is, and, and he's been injured at times. Is it almost safer to have that net in case Beltran would get hurt at some point? Yeah, I think, well, when you're looking, Carlos Beltran, he's 38 and is in the final year of a deal. Um, yeah, you, there's always a concern about that. I think that that's what you go in with with a lot of these aging veteran guys, with Mark Scherer, with Alex Rodriguez. Uh, if healthy, they, they should be productive, but that's always a big if. So I, I think there's no urgency to move Gardner. Um, the reason that he's so valuable and the reason that teams are interested is because he's one of the few veterans on this team with actual trade value who could bring back a significant return. So I, I think you look at that and you say, is there a second baseman out there, for example, or is there a starting pitcher uh, out there that could be brought back for Brett Gardner? And, and if that's the case, yes. But I, I, from what I've been told, Yankees would be perfectly okay if, if opening day was tomorrow and they had to put Brett Gardner in a lineup in left field. They'd, they'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, so I, I think it's just a situation where they know they're not going to be in on the guys, the big ticket guys, Zach Rankies, the Johnny Cuatos, the David Prices. Uh, it just doesn't look like one of those off seasons where the Yankees are going to spend it and put out a nine-figure commitment, say a Jordan Zimmerman, some any any of those starting pitchers. But if there's something out there that you can dangle Brett Gardner and a team says, 
you know, we could put Brett Gardner in, in center field every day at the top of the lineup, and, and that would be a good investment. Um, and maybe that's what you do with him. But as of right now, the Yankees would be just fine if it went the other way and he was in the lineup on opening day. And what does this mean for, for Gary Sanchez, this trade? He's their number 5 prospect. He's he's really shown what he can do at the minor league level. Is this the year that he could end up being that backup catcher to Brian McCann, or would they like him to get more at-bats in the minors? I think it very well could happen. I, I think that they wouldn't have made this move if Sanchez didn't look ready, if he wasn't tearing up the Arizona Fall League. Uh, John Ryan Murphy was a solid, dependable. You knew he could handle the job of backing up Brian McCann. I mean, the Twins think he's going to be their starting catcher next year. He's, he's certainly going to get a shot. So uh, you could have kept Murphy, but Sanchez looks like he's coming into his own. He's developed a lot maturity-wise. Uh, could he develop more if he had an everyday job catching at AAA? Yeah, he might. But, you know, Cashman was saying this last week. The Yankees have done this before. They did it with guys like Jorge Posada, with Francisco Cervelli, um, just to name two. These are guys who started out as backup catchers and became legitimate everyday catchers in the big leagues. And uh, So maybe that's what you do with Gary Sanchez. You can, you can still learn a lot and develop a lot, even if you're only catching one or two days a week in the big leagues compared to being back there every day at AAA. The other trade the Yankees have made, they send Jose Perella to the Padres. They get Ronald Herrera back. Herrera, just 20 years old, but it seems like this move was more about just clearing up roster space, correct? Herrera's 20, and, and obviously there's some upside there, but he doesn't exactly fit into the Yankees' top prospects. No, no, he doesn't. And, and it's, it's, You get a live arm, and he's 20 years old, and he's probably going to be down in uh, Class A Tampa and maybe Double A Trenton, but I think that, that would be a stretch next year. Uh, now, this is a paperwork move. Uh, Perella was a nice player. They, they, they appreciated his contributions. Um, but he, he looked like he was back on that depth chart. I mean, going into spring training at second base, you're looking at Dustin Ackley and Rob Refsnyder as, as a tandem, and, and they're going to try and improve upon that. And Perella was a distant third behind those guys. So uh, it was a situation where he gets a new opportunity. He can go to the Padres for a roster spot. Um, and the Yankees get a little more flexibility. Look, they've got to protect some guys for this Rule 5 draft coming up at the winter meetings. Uh, so Perella, in, in their eyes, they, they liked him, but not enough to keep a roster spot there. So uh, they wished him the best and sent him packing. All right, let's talk second base, Brian, because that was a, a big glaring hole for this team throughout the 2015 season, at least on the offensive side of things. Uh, they got a little lift from Dustin Ackley late in the year after trading for him. But it seemed like heading into this offseason, Ben Zobris just seemed like a perfect fit for this team with his ability to play in different places, a solid defender, a guy that can hit. But now it sounds like the Yankees aren't really looking at Zobris. What are you hearing as far as what they're going to do at second base? And is there a chance Zobris comes back into play at some point this offseason? I think there's always a chance. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees have done this before where they sit out the first round, so to speak, of the, the hot stove, and then they jump in at the end. Uh, Zobers just makes a lot of sense for them. Um, the one thing that the Yankees want is they want a player who's competent on offense and defense. They look at Ackley and Ref Snyder, and they think both those guys can hit, especially if they platoon them righty-lefty, that kind of thing. They, they could probably be serviceable, but uh, you saw how reluctant they were to put Ref Snyder in the field at the end of the last at the end of last year, 
Um, they, they were just really nervous about the defense. And he's a converted outfielder who's been learning the position. Ackley, uh, obviously, the bat is better than the glove at this point. Um, that's a situation where if they can improve and get a guy who can help on both sides of the ball, they, they want to do it. They probably should do it. Um, I, I think that Ben Zobers just makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. But uh, as of right now, they're going to sit out the first couple rounds. But like I said, stay tuned. We've seen this before. You mentioned that you don't expect the Yankees to be involved in, in a nine-figure contract or those big free agents out there. And Hal Steinbrenner has kind of talked about not wanting to go out and spend the big money. And he doesn't, I think his quote was, he doesn't think you need a $200 million payroll to win a championship, which has obviously been proven many times to be correct. So you look at last year when really Andrew Miller was the only big contract they brought in, and now this year, just talk about this new philosophy for the Yankees, and, and it's kind of interesting to see. And it, I think it changes these hot stove seasons for the entire sport, just not having the Yankees as a factor on every free agent available. Yeah, I think there's definitely a ripple effect there. And, and don't forget, last year they brought in Chase Headley and spent pretty big on him, too. Um, but I, I, your overall point, yeah, um, austerity is the way that the Yankees want to go. Look, you heard Hal Steinbrenner talk about this $189 million and wanting to be on the luxury tax so many times. It hasn't happened yet. And it may not happen at all. Um, you know, there was so much talk about they weren't going to spend, they weren't going to spend, and then they went out and said, sorry, we're going to take Matahiro Tanaka and we're taking Toby Ellsbury and we'll sign Carlos Beltran, too. And so you, you just never know. It, the Yankees are kind of like the one, the grandma who walks around the mall and then refuses to buy anything and then just says, oh, okay, here's the big screen. You can take it. So, um, as, as now that we're getting into holiday shopping season, it remains to be seen if the Yankees really will hold to that. I think that at the end of the day, sure, would they like to get younger and more flexible? Um, of course. And, and you had a lot of encouraging signs. You had guys like Greg Bird and Luis Severino, and you have Aaron Judge knocking on the door and Gary Sanchez as well. And uh, They're talking about James Caprillion, uh, their first pick from last year. He may be in the big leagues by the end of the year. Jacob Lindgren. There's a lot of young talent to be excited about coming up through the Yankee farm system, but uh, I don't think you're ever going to see a day where the Yankees field a team that was completely built only from within. Um, even when they had the Jeters and Posadas and the Andy Pettits and the Mariano Rivera coming up through the system, and everybody wants to talk about the core, uh, look, there were, there were the veteran guys there. There were the Paul O'Neills who made that all come together and, and really were the veteran talents there. So it, it's got to be a blend. Uh, the Yankees are still the Yankees. They're still going to spend money. They're still going to have a high payroll. Um, does it have to be a $250 million payroll? No, I don't think it does. But I think it's going to be significant. I don't think you're going to see a day where the Yankees are crying poverty. I think that they're always going to be players who spend money. And no matter what they say, at the end of the day, I think actions speak louder than words. Brian Cashman has spoken, I guess, candidly, really, about CC Sabathia, and he said that he's going to have to earn his spot in the rotation. Now, that sounds all well and good, and obviously a tough end of the season with Sabathia coming out and, and announcing that he has had these alcohol problems. But when you owe a guy as much money as the Yankees owe Sabathia, is there really a chance that he wouldn't be in that rotation come opening day 2016? I don't think so. I think that the Yankees just aren't in a position where they want to guarantee anything to anybody. Uh, it really does them no benefit to say, yes, absolutely, no matter what, CC will be in the rotation. Um, but I, I think that odds are, 
for a number of reasons, like what you just mentioned, the way he pitched down the stretch. It seemed like he figured some stuff out with that knee brace. Uh, it helped him get a little more over the rubber and finish his pitches. He, he was a different guy the last handful of starts of the year. Uh, and I think that had he been healthy, uh, had he been mentally and, and everything healthy, he, he would have pitched in the playoffs, and he might have pitched well. Uh, who knows, you know, if they had gotten past Houston. So I, I think that you go in, you, you think of him, you certainly don't think of him as your eight uh, for next year, but you think of him as a guy who's going to eat up some innings and, and should conceivably be a three or four starter for you. I think that uh, if you're in a situation where CC Sabathia is your fifth starter, uh, you're probably in a really good spot. So I think that uh, you go in the next year penciling him in, and, and maybe you can even use Penn and, and put him in there. But considering the commitment that they've made to him, um, the fact that he's probably got two more years there unless uh, there's going to be some kind of shoulder injury, I, I think I, I like him. The people have said, why don't you put CeCe Savathi in the bullpen? And I said, because, first of all, you don't know if he can do the job. He's never done it. And even if he does, isn't he better than Chris Capuano? Do you want him to be this year's Chris Capuano? So, uh, we'll see what happens, but I would go into 2016 thinking CeCe's one of their five starters. One last note, Brian, uh, November's award season in baseball, and Brian McCann won his sixth career Silver Slugger Award and his first as a Yankee. Can you just talk about how much more comfortable McCann was in 2015 as opposed to his first year in the Bronx in 2014 when he really seemed to struggle? Yeah, I think that this was the guy that the Yankees were investing in. Uh, the power numbers were back, and he, he just seemed a lot more comfortable. And I think that there might have been more to transitioning to the American League, to learning all the pictures, to, to living in New York or around New York and dealing with the media and uh, the, the increased expectations and the fan base. I, I think that's all true, but mostly I saw a guy who was comfortable in his own skin and was ready to just let it rip and, and really was back to being more like what we saw in Atlanta out of him. So um, I, I think that as the Yankees go into year three of this contract, um, I think it's safe to expect that you're going to get more of the 2015 Brian McCann and less of the 2014 one. And if that's the case, uh, they, they should be pretty happy. You know, it's a, it's a pretty select group and the guys who have won that many silver slugger awards, a catcher, um, this was his number six for him. Uh, pretty select group and an impressive company there. So um, I, I think that when all is said and done, you look back at Brian McCann's career, um, you're going to be pretty impressed by the numbers he put up, and I don't think that short fortune right field is going to hurt at all. It's never a quiet hot stove season in the Bronx. Brian Hoke, thanks a lot for joining us. You've been listening to Yankees Extras on MLB.com. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.